as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach David Wolf. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Kev? I'm great. How have you been, buddy? I've been great too. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's good to Anytime. get to talk with you. We've been, as we discussed in the uh, production meeting, we've been uh, in the same groups for a long time. But you know, this is the first time we've actually talked. Which is cool. <laughs> it was like every year, every week, we were just like, oh, it, you know. This just came out. No way. (laughs) Oh, man. So, that's right. Looking uh, at the IMDb Top 250. (laughs) What a list. What a huge-ass list. And (laughs) it really is kind of interesting just seeing how many in here either just started out as cult hits back in the day and how many just, you know, of course they were going to be on there, you know, they won best picture for a reason. And then there were other ones where you're like, man, I never would have thought that anyone would be talking about these, but here we are. Can yeah. It's a copy of this at their library. Or... <laughs> it's, 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 inter- it's interesting to look at. I mean, just, I don't know if there's like a rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> yeah I, that's a good point because <laughs> there there are a bunch of turkish and indian films on here as well and you're like uh well but where would i, mean, I even I, be able to find that <laughs> i was shocked to see because i really haven't looked at it in a while and i see parasite is i think 19 now mm-hmm. and, i mean it, excellent movie but 19 on the top 250 i i don't know <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have it there i could say that and i thought it was a great movie but like i was definitely that was a surprise to me like in the top 20 to see parasite there, like, <laughs> it was like, not a giant bug movie <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and it was a great movie but i just i, I would never have thought like top 20 <laughs> in the imdb top but who knows uh maybe that's a recency bias i don't know I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you would you like to start talking about number one? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about none other than the Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Without Redemption. even looking. <laughs> now, I worked at a movie theater in uh, 1994. I was uh, in college. 
I worked in a movie theater and then I worked at a video store. I worked nice. in a movie theater when dream job. it was all, it was great. Actually, the video store, see, the problem with the movie theater was that I was in college and the managers there were making a career of theater. So, mm-hmm. you know, I so you managers. basically had to lie, say, I don't have a secondary job. Yeah. It's not a conflict of interest. <laughs> and, and it just, you know, there were so many great perks as in we got free movies for, you know, like, it was we got two free passes and then there were like two passes where you paid a dollar each you got four tickets like a day except for friday and saturday nights so, and, <laughs> and they gave you unlimited popcorn it was fantastic but that's a digression and anyway shawshank redemption came out right and uh this movie no other movie while i worked in the theater and i worked in a theater for several years lasted a shorter period than the Shawshank Redemption. It yeah, was it was a flop. Everyone it acts was, like it was a hit. No, it it was a very ho-hum kind of release. And... A flop might be understating the case. Like, this movie, if I sold four tickets to this movie in the five nights it played in the theater, like, <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to see it. <laughs> people had, you know what, I think the first problem with this film is that people didn't know how to pronounce its title. Like this uh, Shank Shaw I got? Like, well, you're looking at Shank Shaw! Like, it's a Stephen King movie, but it's not a horror movie. It did not have an audience at all. I don't think they promoted it correctly either. But yeah, like you said, this movie, uh, it bombed on its initial run. Like, it found an audience. $25 million in the budget. Movie. Just 727000 open weekend. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, and I didn't get a chance to see it, and it wasn't like I regretted it immediately. Like I, you know, it wasn't at the top of my list. I probably would have watched it had it lasted a week. Yeah. <laughs> it lasted five days. It was gone so quickly. But then I did see it, and yeah, that, it's an enjoyable. It plays pretty movie. commonly on AMC and FX and TNT. Feel, uh, uh, strange to describe a movie with. Uh, certain scenes as feel good but you know ultimately well that's just it yeah it was kind of like let me see is cool hand luke even on here i think it was just trying to do something like that and i saw birdman of alcatraz not too long ago i think about two years ago and i was like oh my god they totally took so many frames from this movie and put it in yeah that. i really yeah that cool hand luke reference i like that and cool hand luke obviously is a superior film and <laughs> That's what I'm trying to see. Is it on here? I would totally uh, play. You know, it's it's if it's not in the top 250. Then, oh, no, well, that's, I'm going uh, to make the controversial <laughs> decision and replace Shawshank with Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> cool Hand Luke. Because there's I, something about Cool Hand where, again, just the casting, just phenomenal, and just you really absolutely. It spends so much time showing that everyone get comfortable with each other. And there's no real even dilemma with, you know, who will survive the prison. Personally, I think you need a little more of a show like Oz to just kind of flesh out who's going to try and kill who, you know, what area of the week. And it's like Luke just gets down to how is he going to get out and how's he going to get away? And ultimately, you know, I mean, it's Luke has the ending that's. Yeah, it's a sad ending, and yet you kind of feel good because he's technically free. He, he is. It's just so yeah, surreal. It's got, that, 
it's got that Christ-like uh, thing going on at the end of that movie, and it I, it's a better ending than Shawshanks. Although Shawshanks might be yeah, because Shawshank you remember Morgan Freeman's speech, mm-hmm. but I can't mm-hmm. say I remember any other element other than just the typical oh, someone's gonna get sent to the death chair or you know yeah get executed by evil Clancy Brown. <laughs> oh God, but I mean. I like Shawshank Redemption. It's it's a fun movie, but I yeah, don't. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I saw it. it. I was just like, I've seen it. I don't really need to see it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't watched it in at least ten years, you know, and I'd be fine never seeing it again. And and that's <laughs> not how I feel about Freddy Krueger. That's not how I feel about classic movies. You know, those are movies you can just watch endlessly. You know, hey, as a one movie, it's I. I'm, you know, I didn't go deep enough into the list, but uh, I'll just bring it up now. Is Big Lebowski on this list? I think it is. I'm just, what I'm seeing so far. I mean, because there's going to be plenty of the college movies. There, Animal House is definitely on here. Oh, okay. And Animal House, uh, yeah, classic. For those Lebow- listening, <laughs> we can't pull up the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lebowski would probably be my number one on uh, IMDb Top 250. Like, not my number one. Uh, best and it's not going to be perfect. Like, I don't think godfather one and two both need to be on here i think they should just take the made for tv miniseries ah, that blended them both together and then you have the one epic saga <laughs> right to are, 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 are you suggesting that godfather part three should not be on the list <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> even the new edit <laughs> Man, oh, well that's a good question how many director's cuts should we put on here because oh, I think Touch of Evil's on here, but that's I, I a good example of a movie Blade that could be on ten times itself, right? Oh, hey, a free <laughs> version of Blade Runner. There you go. <laughs> now, that, that, that would be the list. You just get all these different cuts that make it. But that would so, be great. Uh, yeah, I I think my number one movie for a list like this, as opposed to like you know a sight and sound. Oh, like my top movie of all time would be uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. And, you know, and I would say, like, that's not going to appear high on a list like this because uh, the vast majority of people probably find it very boring. And, you know, uh, I'll let you know, I was doing a college film study class. Everyone has one. And we, <laughs> it was so funny. Half the crowd was really digging it. And the other half were like, I got to get on some drugs. Oh my, yeah. I mean, because some of them had seen it maybe when they were like a kid, but they didn't remember any of it, and others were just really having a love hate relationship because they really loved the HAL 9000 portion. Then the rest are like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so that's a movie where, like, if it's my own personal list, yeah, like 2001 A Space Odyssey is top, I think. But, like, for an IMDb top 250, I could see. A Big Lebowski being really, really high up there. And from what I could tell, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, the, there's even a few other college movies that seem to have ma- even made a comeback and uh, become very, like, I don't know. It's like they, they have a lot of charisma and big casts. And, like, I, uh, when I had Chris Kalan on and we were talking about what would be our top 10 movies and he was just like PCU was his one of his. And I, was, I can't, 
keep seeing that just in circles just kind of come up is like certain college movies have a certain way of talking to certain people and yeah it's it's fascinating really but also coming back to godfather and godfather 2 like regardless of whether both should be represented that they're there and they're so high on the list right are they number two Mm -hmm. and four that's yeah that's i mean that's the Godfather and Godfather Two are the Godfather movies are probably the greatest crossover between art and entertainment, for lack of a better term, or commercial. No, that's totally how I would put it too, because it's right. like you you got something for the adults, and you got a lot of today's generation who have seen it and been moved by it. And sure, you're going to encounter. For a while, I was seeing a lot of people in certain forums say I've seen people who say they've seen it, but actually haven't, and they were doing it just, you know, for street cred (laughs) (laughs) to be cool. I'm like, I know, and it's like it's not, it's not like they're not on TV a billion times a year. Come on, you know, but yeah, seriously, it was another one where it's like you're always gonna have imposters. You're like, I love the (laughs) which album? (laughs) Oh, that one. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but i i mean for me that's that's the the peak of this of this list right there like those are two movies that you know they're at the uh, near the top of imdb top 250 and they could be at the top of a sight and sound poll and you can't really say that for a lot of the other movies yes all this with a grain of salt like dune is already on here oh my for real like, and, you, and, and you're not talking about David Lynch's. You're talking about this new one. You very which recently. I have not seen yet. Have you? Seen yeah, it? not not. I haven't yet. I'll see it okay. next week. But it's also one of those where I'm like, who knows? Maybe this will move to the side, and part two will take its place. Mm. As a so and, yeah. and apparently, this first one is a half a movie. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because, and that's a good point too. Like, if it were me, I would just keep Return of the King, the last Lord of the Rings, on here. I wouldn't even have the first two on here because they're all one big giant movie i think that's taken up so much space <laughs> yeah, and you know it's similar to the godfather uh, godfather too oh and i'm Don't mistaken need... at position 233 cool hand luke is on here oh but come on so i'm gonna move it up i'm gonna move it up you're moving it, you're moving it up 232 spots <laughs> uh, and i guess oh shit what would i replace on there to take Cole Hand Luke's place. <laughs> mm, hey, Shawshank Redemption could be 233. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Green Miles on there. And so it's like, yeah. And I do like how you do have quite a big, huge mixture. There is something for everybody. And at the same time, there is going to be something that where you're like, I never saw yeah, like, You got you to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dark Knight was pretty high, right? Yeah, I still can't believe that it got up to 9 out of 10, especially with how everyone complains about the plot holes nowadays. And it's just like, but everyone just, it just shows you how some unusual character can carry a movie. Yeah, that that movie is carried by Heath Ledger. I mean, absolutely. Without that, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) without that, it's probably like the third one, The Dark Knight Rises, which I mean, I did not like. I don't know. <laughs> I think many didn't like because it was just a very 
ho-hum diehard type knockoff where you're just like right seriously, yeah. how they smuggle a nuke under seas not even 24 or the unit would have had that absurd a storyline you know they would have had someone's trying to smuggle a weapon into the city let's stop them before they get here way more plausible than oh by the way it's been here for who knows how long and no one's noticed it <laughs> i got yeah, it I think that's the point where, like, whatever love affair I was having with Christopher Nolan movies just evaporated. Because <laughs> I, I don't really, I haven't enjoyed a, a Christopher Nolan since since then. Yeah, because Interstellar's on there, and for a movie that oh. everyone was complaining about the sound and the plotting, and that was another one where I'm like, there's so many other far more thoughtful sci-fi movies that follow the Forbidden Planet, uh, you know, book inceptions in, on there too right <clears throat> high up it's got to be i think it yeah. is I, th- I think it's pretty high up which is so i guess i'll <clears throat> replace interstellar with star trek 6 the undiscovered mm. okay <laughs> <laughs> they got part two and they definitely got first contact on here but we got to replace i mean yeah right when you got the follow the berlin wall symbolism and you're using it to perfectly distra- describe just fun very taut uh assassination thriller you know i think that's that deserves some points <laughs> i'm I, I you're not gonna get an argument from me on that <laughs> <laughs> you get interstellar out now what would you take on some of the race car movies on here because i mean we got ford versus ferrari and then we got rush i those movies bore me well that's just, that's just like <laughs> I think Mangold is a pretty competent action director, but I always just kind of just am reminded of stuff he's inspired by. I never get his original voice. Not quite a race car movie, but French Connection. Oh, there you go. Perfect. There you go, right? I don't really see Bullet on here, so how about I I replace Rush with that? That sounds good. (laughs) I also, you know, I don't bring up, since we're kind of discussing the top ones at this point 12 angry men is on there what number five right yeah that's that's an interesting one i would not have suspected it being that high yeah just like you'd often see maybe the last 20 minutes on turner classic movie with your mom and pop and then you you know it's just it made me wonder how anyone caught on to it i'm glad to see a lot of Sidney lemay on here but i'm also at the same time like who would have seen it because it's well, on, but it's not on as much as Lawrence of Arabia or The Apartment. So. You know when I first saw it, though? And I was wondering if they still do this. Because I saw it in school. In middle Ooh. school. You had a school. teacher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was wondering if maybe that's like how most people have uh, have seen it initially. Because I, I, yeah, it, 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 it's an older movie. Like oh, it, I'm it, sure a bunch of them are going off of this list half the time saying i gotta show my kid class this mm. but i, mean, I had it's, it's i had a bunch there well yeah Where but it's debatable because i there was one time i still have it somewhere on my desktop someone sent us a pdf of what they thought were like the 1001 best movies of all time and there were a bunch of them on there where i was like what in the hell <laughs> like, <laughs> like i love police academy but why is it on oh my there? god this is like, and another one was on there. I think it was Buckaroo Banzai. I was like, uh, yeah, no. I remember when that came out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, a thousand movies. 
lot of movies. A thousand so, movies. A thousand and one. A thousand and one. But, uh, ooh, also in the top ten, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, that, I'm happy with that. People complain about that and Forrest Gump half the time nowadays you know, with fiction's rape scene and uh, of Gump as questionable uh, interpretation of a, you know, of a not so bright man. And I'm just yeah. like, and I'm like, well, they were both kind of huge movies in 94. So that just doesn't surprise me at all. I'm surprised speed and true lies aren't on here somewhere. That's yeah. That, that was, Speed, especially I could see, uh, I, True Lies. It's like one of the few disaster movies that like everyone agreed on the merit of because it just made yes. good use of its gimmick. And you see other ones where you're just like, like people talk about Twister, but no one ever talks about whether the plot actually works. <laughs> and, and it did not. Like, <laughs> yeah, like this is supposed to be a, a good form of this genre. Okay. <laughs> I've always been ho hum on it, and I get it. I, I understand the effects are good and the cast is winning, but I'm like, but why was this, you know, excused and yet, you know, Armageddon and all those other great batshit crazy movies get roasted? So it's just like, it's, again, sometimes you don't know what culturally is gonna uh, strike a pulse. You know how much marijuana was consumed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can support that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I am, uh, I'm absolutely fine with Pulp Fiction being on here. I love that movie. Love, oh, yeah. Love it since it came out. I was at the, I was working at the theater when it came out. I have another good story about that. Oh, perfect. Because, okay, so 1992 Reservoir Dogs came out. And yeah. my friend, my friend Bill, he, uh, he, was in film school at the time and he had seen the movie and he told me you have to see this film it's like okay and the title doesn't give you anything right so i see reservoir dogs and i mean the opening scene is the like the version discussion i'm like holy shit because i'm 18 or whatever i was like this is amazing and <laughs> I, I loved it i was like oh my god this movie is fantastic i loved reservoir dogs so when pulp fiction was i think it was october 94 it was about to come out and what we had at the theater if you had posters or banners the employees could request them first come first serve basis and when they came down you'd, you'd receive them so we had this i mean wall-sized banner for pulp fiction with uma thurman on it and this thing is <laughs> gigantic so and no one has any idea who quentin tarantino is what this movie is i was the only one i was like i can't wait Yes, I, I requested it. I was like, can I have this banner? I'm like, okay. So this thing comes down, manager gives it to me. And this was like a week before the movie came out. So the movie's a huge hit. And like a few weeks later, <laughs> I'm getting caught as a cashier. He's counting me out. It's like, oh, Dave, you know uh, that Pulp Fiction banner? Hey, can, can we get that back? Knock, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be caught dead if you sneak out with that one again. <laughs> <laughs> we need it back. Kids. <laughs> so I said, I said, I said, it's gone. I'm sorry, it's gone. I gave it to my friend. He's like, it's gone. I said, it's gone. <laughs> all I, I don't remember, know how it got away. It's it's gone. <laughs> I, all I remember thinking, I didn't say it to him, of course, but like I said to my family, I was like, look, I don't know what this thing's gonna be worth, but it's it's got 
limitless value to me. It's got way more than this job. They could fire me. They're not getting this thing back. You know, so I still have it, and I've seen versions of this same banner <laughs> on eBay for like two thousand dollars. But you know, I've never nice. attempted to sell it. I do have a picture of it on my Facebook. If you ever want to see it, this thing is gigantic. It's, you can see it took up. It, it takes up a wall. It's one of those those things. Like if you've ever been in a theater and seen one of those huge, huge banners, and like oh, Uma Thurman's. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> And I was like, but you're not getting this back. I'll lose this job if you wait to get this back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I, that's, and I saw Pulp Fiction because we could see movies for free. I, I ended up seeing Pulp Fiction seven times during oh, this man. run, which was the most I've it's ever funny. seen a movie in a theater ever since then. Or, and, uh, you know, actually, my, I think I saw I'm Not There because I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. Uh, I probably saw that like five times in the theater. But Pulp Fiction was, was still the most. I don't know if that was interesting or not. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I, you remind me of all the various uh, other podcasts who have talked about their video store memories and all the various deckers and <laughs> placards oh, that they got out. And how, you know, yeah, that was always just kind of the unwritten rule is like, hey, you know, because half the time, you know, the people working there, you know, they started out at the small end before becoming the unofficial manager and basically saying, hey, uh, we're going out of business, so just we don't care as long as this is just gone by you know the end of the week, you know, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, okay. you know, Cam, the loss of the video store to me, like as a movie lover, it's like one of the saddest things to to see gone. Like it's just. Well, and I had a terrible blockbuster, just a a bunch of really bad ones that just had just no imagination, just like. Imagine if you were just so limited, like you would have the lesser sequel, but you never had the could find the original movie. It was just a clusterfuck. That's like, yeah, blockbuster was so horrible. But you know, after I worked at the movie theater, I worked at a video store. And it was not a blockbuster. It was called Easy Video. And oh, okay. Yes, and this video store made because blockbuster was killing all these other video stores. But mm-hmm. this video store had one of those back rooms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really you could preview it. <laughs> so I worked at Easy Video, but it was known as Sleazy Video. <laughs> I was just about to say, but he's like, And then, oh my God, so can the customers would return these tapes, and God damn, they're supposed to rewind these things, and they would never rewind them. And then, like, you know, when they're returning these pornos, it's like, you know. They're returning them at the moment they uh now I'm inspired. Now I wanna know. Um, so how many times uh, I was inspired by a Reddit uh, that I saw on here. So how many times did you find that someone was unwilling to just kind of they had paid for a tape and you had called it and they just wanted to walk out the door without being seen what they were renting? Oh, <laughs> wow you know because it happens pretty, now and again someone will say yes. the title and you're like oh uh, I, I i don't want to watch this now but <laughs> sure i've charged you for it just walking out the back door not here uh, not here i'm a weirdo not here <laughs> uh, you know I'm multiple times probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was the best job ever because it had I to be have yeah, I didn't have managers. I just had the video store owners who all they cared about was like, all right, just do your job. And they were happy. So it was, it was fantastic. 
and a bunch of us have had to really educate a lot of people. It's like that you forget tapes were often going for 50 bucks. They were only being sent to consumers like oh, it was ridiculous. They were, they were more than 50. They were like $100 to start with. They'd eventually drop yep. down months later. And not only that, they were initially all pan and scan. And then sometimes if it was like a really artistic film, eventually you'd get the letterbox version, which was gold back then, like for, for movie lovers to get a letterbox. Yeah. Oh my God. And you'd see it advertised like letterbox. Oh, we're going to get the whole movie because you and, know, the pan and scan is just disastrous as far as just the aesthetics of a, of a movie. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. And, uh, and like you say, I mean, it was also fun just to have to wait after the feature, you know, stay tuned after the feature presentation for the making. Of, you know, and Oh, my God. Yeah. It was like that was before DVD. That was the case. You know, you would have music videos. You'd have some other kind of just featurette. <laughs> Dude, but uh, just getting lost in one of these stores and not a blockbuster. because But even blockbusters, I've had fun, like just looking around, even if. They all, you know, like, well, if you, if you want to get an R-rated movie, they polarize them. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. But uh, just, you know, like Friday night, you'd go and you just go to the video store. You wouldn't know what movie you're looking for necessarily. You just walk around and see what's there. And uh, so casual. are gone. They're, they're, they're gone. And it, there's, it, it, it's, Nothing like looking through Netflix catalog is not the same thing. <laughs> it's just not no. the same. And even when they tried doing the online thing, that it also wasn't the same because they just they had the huge library and they were the bigger one. They were basically the first one to be kind of monopolize it. But they didn't have any game plan. They didn't have any way of even making it like easier to kind of preview some of these movies. You know, they should have done what iTunes did in the first. Uh, you know, when they were first starting, where you could kind of stream the first, you know, 10, 10 seconds, you know, <laughs> mm. it, w- it would have now if they were still around, I guarantee you, they'd probably have something witty playing in the background on the TVs. They'd say, how many of these top ranked movies have you seen? <laughs> Find out which store carries them. You know, they would have done something pretty cool like that. I, I would bet money on. Yeah. Um, at this point, for sure. Totally. <laughs> But I, I took I took you on a digression again. No, that's great. Well, video I, and store I think, days are so wonderful, you know. It's like oh, well, it's like the yeah, good times roll, man. Nostalgia, <laughs> nostalgia. It makes me sad that they're gone. Like more more than so much is gone, and so much has changed, and technology is brought. Like, we all miss stuff. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We re- I think yeah, we do. As movie lovers, we really do. If you if you were alive for that period, you know, like a lot of people now, they weren't, so they don't know what it was. And maybe, <laughs> maybe it looks like some type of archaic thing, just like when we were like younger and get what moves around. And, like, that, you know, when you start thinking about time, it's like 1990s, 30 years ago. Oh, totally. Yeah. It goes a long way when you can see someone just really embracing these. And like you say, I mean, there's. There, there's also just a lot to love about the whole process and just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people, if they didn't have a library near them and if they did not have cable, let alone any kind of TV, this is their deal. They would come here every Friday when, you know, 
checks cleared and you know, come home. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was a ritual for sure. It, it was a fun ritual. Too. Fun, I, fun, uh, fun. It was a lot of fun. But uh, we can get back to the IMDb list. That's fine. Uh, so I'm noticing, yes, Big Lebowski is 209. Ooh. But what I'm really surprised, though, is at the end of this list, I typically don't give a shit where it's ranked. Someone's got to go somewhere. But I'm really surprised that Six Sense, True Men Show, uh, La Haine, which is a very underrated uh, French movie, the, the Hate, Jurassic Park, and In the Name of the Father, and Dead Poet Society and Princess Bride are all near the end of this list. I would have thought those would be way higher ranked. Well, I'll pull one out right here. Like, <laughs> just because... Jurassic Park. Uh, and not a personal favorite, necessarily. But I, I am surprised that... I think the top Spielberg on the list is Schindler's List. Which yeah. might be his best movie. Or might not be. I, I but would, it's not I think, one you're going to watch nonstop either. Not, you know, no, it's a great movie, no. but it's also just you've seen it. I, it just resonates with you and it stays with you, and you're like, all I need to see. <laughs> I think we replaced Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. We just transposed them. We had two hits from '93. Perfect. Right. Um, like, I mean, Schindler's List. And again, don't. It's solemn. And look, I had my grandparents were slaughtered in the Holocaust, so this is you know, I mean. This movie could mean a lot to me, and I think it's a very good movie. Um, Spielberg, right. you know, Spielberg does not speak to me. <laughs> I'll say the only time Spielberg spoke to me is when he channeled Stanley Kubrick in AI, <laughs> which I think is his best movie, but I think it's because he was doing Kubrick. Oh, that's all good. I'm He speaks to me because of Indi- Empire of the Sun and Indiana Jones. Mm. But Oh, it, you know, hard to, you know. Especially when I was a kid, Raiders and Indiana Jones, uh, for sure. But they, and I would, I would think that those movies would be much higher on the list than they appear to be. So I would, especially mm-hmm. uh, the Raiders film, like Schindler's List at number eight. I could, I could see probably ten other Spielbergs that I would have thought would be there before Schindler's List. You know, from Jaws, E.T., Raiders, right? Like, uh, God, you know, I don't know. I think switching that with Jurassic Park, I think works because you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, that's it. It is surprising to see. I mean, Saving Private Ryan's pretty good, but it's not for everyone. Saving a lot of these Private war Ryan, it, 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 it had, you know, it's an anti-climax. It's got that opening scene in the rest really? of the movie. I, I think, I think the opening <laughs> scene is is like, that's it. I don't know. Well, and it was also, <laughs> I have another story. Saving Private Ryan, in case, I mean, it's irrelevant now, but you know what I learned? And I should have known this going in. Not a good first date movie. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good well, first date Well, and I, I resaw The Deer Hunter, and a lot of people complain about the beginning. I love mm. the beginning. I don't care for the last half. I don't need to know where Christopher Walken goes from here. I kind of feel like I know his story. So that's just like an excessive 40 minutes that, you know, I, I just want to know about De Niro's passion where he's telling everyone, hey, don't, I don't want to take the war home with me. Don't you guys go dicking around, playing around with guns on our, you know, fishing trip, you know? Yeah, you know, Deer Hunter's an interesting one too. I feel like Deer Hunter's lost a lot of prestige 
over the last for whatever reason it's 30 just, years you right? don't know if it's because it just could never be shown on regular cable or if it really just is just too long to where just most people just tune out of it i definitely rank it higher than full metal jacket i would not rank it as high as platoon or uh apocalypse now but you know to each your own like yeah i'm surprised black hawk down is not on here but at the same time i think it's a good action movie i don't think it's a good drama i found the documentary more interesting i actually got to know the characters and tell them apart from one another i it, it the movie did not work for me because so I, I, <laughs> uh, it was like at that point everything had to have you know the handheld you know scene from oh. perspective of it and after a while it did get old because is like they were, you know, it's kind of like the whole porn and even action and horror uh, content versus substance argument. It's like, yes, I want to see blood and guts and tits, but I also want a good story. <laughs> you yes, know? Yes, so, exactly. And then we got Hotel Rwanda on here. That's a really good movie. I also see Memories of Murders on here, and I could yeah. not get into that seven-type uh, South Korean movie. It just... Did not fascinate me at all. I totally understand the love for Old Boy and plenty of these other movies. Don't understand Memories of Murder. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to replace that with Blood Diamond. That, okay. <laughs> Look, we, 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 we are fixing this list. And what about No Country for Old Men? Should that be on there? Or should A Simple Plan? All right. Well, the confession is uh, the Coen brothers... <laughs> are my favorite working directors so right. you're always so, going to get and don sugar just staying on there no country for old men <laughs> and that's one of my top cones uh there there are very few cone brothers movies i don't like i think there's only one or one of the, what, the last one was it buster scrubs oh that was i couldn't get into hell caesar oh <laughs> oh really i love hell caesar <laughs> the first time i watched it it was like i was trying to figure out what they were doing and you know, it's like, oh, the okay. But I really, really actually ended up loving Hell Caesar. But uh, the uh, ooh, since we're discussing the Coen Brothers, maybe we should I, switch places. That that should take like p- position number two or three. Uh, replace the Dark Knight and put that in mm. its 180 position. <laughs> and then I've already, I've already like Big Lebowski number one. <laughs> I'm gonna populate this entire list. Oh, there you go. If you allow me to, it's going to end up being a list of Stanley Kubrick and Cole Brothers movies. Which oh, there you go. It's not really diverse. Racing Arizona could be on there. That's probably their biggest crowd pleaser. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, I think you're right. That would be it. Although Fargo, Fargo is a pretty. It's on here. Yeah, Fargo is a crowd pleaser to a certain extent. I, you know, it's Fargo is probably their best blend of. Uh, and entertainment you know like fargo really works for you know these so far i've seen yeah because i mean i've seen a bunch of the ones that generally everyone usually likes like all about eve some like it hot and singing in the rain but treasure of the Sierra madre but there's plenty of other ones that i would have thought would be on here but for whatever reason they're they're not on here and i'm like okay hey i've got one i want to change oh Number 13, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Sergio Leone, right? Like, okay. Uh, okay, I like it, but if we're going to have Sergio Leone, Spaghetti Western, in the top 15, 
how is it not going to be Once Upon a Time in the West? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, to me, Once Upon a Time in the West is so far superior to Good Men and Ugly. Like, That's the other I, thing. I, I think I mean, Ugly has just kind of a more interesting storyline, but West has definitely a better score in editing, oh, acting. Oh, so it's oh. just like, I think I, I just have an issue just with the plot line, but yet even then in the length, but yet I can understand that, yeah, Ugly is kind of simplified in comparison to West, where you're trying to understand all the ethics and uh, everyone's motive. And I see what you're saying about the plot. Okay. But, you know, the plot ultimately is maybe, I don't want to say the least important aspect of it, because it's not. But well, these are all about the style because that's yeah, what makes them better. There's so much going on. And speaking of style, I mean, I'm even surprised some other Michael Mann movies aren't on here, like Collateral. <laughs> For sure, uh, yeah, you, I could see every one of that guy's movies being on here. We talked about Twelve Angry Men. I'm, I'm really surprised. I could have sworn Dog Day Afternoon or Serpico was on here at one point, at least as far back as '07. But I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't. I no, I don't think you're wrong. And I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know that for a fact, but I don't think you're wrong. I, think you're I really can't even find Training Day on here. I can't even find any other police corruption. I, I'm sure LA Confidential is on here, but I'm not seeing it. So, <laughs> I would, I, LA Confidential would be one for me, like, that would have to be pretty high up. <laughs> yeah, LA Confidential is probably the top neo noir from the 1990s. Oh, totally. Like pretty, pretty good decade for neo noir, too, right there. Right. I'll play around with this a little more. How about I replace Yahimbo with Sanjuro, its follow-up? Sanjuro is so underrated, in my opinion, because I just love how the plot twists are turned. And it seems like Yohimbo, everyone just remembers, again, just the whole the good, the bad, the ugly type formula, which is, you know, well, one anti-hero plays two rival gangs against each other, you know? You know, I think that's another change that works. Because <laughs> Sanjuro gets <laughs> way more witty, and I remember so many of the wacky lines uh, that the title character makes, and I'm just like, but why is it so under love compared to Yohimbo? <laughs> you know, Yohimbo does more just brooding suspense versus do suspense and then some action. <laughs> and better yet, so how, what do you think about this? Room from 2015's on here. How about we replace that with The Room? <laughs> Because I guarantee yeah. you, everyone remembers that one way better. They do that for sure. <laughs> movies don't have to be enjoyed for the right reasons. The, no, no, why no, else no, do absolutely. people go to Rocky Horror every year? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah precisely. There are, there are <laughs> cult reasons for enjoying films as well. Uh, so is Scorsese's, Scorsese's top movie on here is what? Goodfellas? Yeah. Casino's right. on here somewhere, and then right. Wolf of Wall Street and Taxi Driver. I, 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 I'm not going to take issue with Goodfellas being on there. You know, like they're, they're another Scorsese's one. So groundbreaking, yeah. especially that rag focus shot in the cafeteria. It's like, oh my God. You know, I mean, that, that cinematographer suggested that, and they almost didn't go with it. I'm like, but that changes the whole focus of the movie, how his life is just kind of dissolving in front of him as he's being seduced by all this power and wealth i do think taxi driver should be on really high higher up. yeah really really high i up. definitely saw i saw it in a film studies class and it did hold up but really the problem 
I had is I was really sick that week and I still had to kind of go to class. I couldn't afford to you know, take a few days off. And so I was, I was really just blown away by it and got a headache again. And that's when I knew, man, definitely his most grittiest masterpiece still to this day. Cause this yeah. is like, you got just, just a balls out, just vigilante movie. Cause at that time, oh let's, let's be honest, exploitation movies were pretty, it's not an exploitation movie in my opinion, but it does, hamper into that same kind of vigilante you know any lesser person to be a b movie and it 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 just showed you could show the crime underworld of new york as opposed to making it all death wish like where it's like ah someone's getting raped you know (laughs) scorsese's got a flair for presenting that type of material ah he and paul raises it yeah yeah. get back together instead of going off on their own and fighting all these studio battles (laughs) So, and I'm also seeing Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back is the. It's probably what Star Wars really need. I don't. I don't think you need Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, or the Certainly original. Certainly don't. No. But do you need the? Do you need the? You don't need the original New Hope. That's a good question, because. I mean, it's, it's kind of an accidental success, and yet we remember so much about it, and yet Empire was just so polished. I know yeah. that's popular to say, but really, I mean, I mean, I know Empire was onto something when it was kind of not my most favorite growing up, but you know, I rectified it. I kept watching all of them nonstop. I'm like, you know, Empire is just a more mature movie. Just seeing, again, it's it's the better movie, but is it the more important movie? And because yeah, it doesn't doesn't leave definitely doesn't leave you with hope, and yet. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's... I mean, if we're if we're talking about simply the superior film, then yeah, like Empire Strikes Back is it's going to kick series, and it should be. <laughs> but I'm thinking that an IMDb 250 list, I think, just because of its impact, I, I think Star Wars should be there. I actually think Jaws should be there too. I swear, I thought Jaws. I mean, was I, on... I, I, I don't even. I mean, like high off. Well, no, that's yeah. fine. You know, in a top 20 type position as opposed to where they might be. Placed. And I mean, they even got before Sunset. Personally, I would put the original before Sunrise on here. I just thought it was oh, fresh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Sunset but, and, was just and, left over. It was kind of a tribute to, hey, here we are 10 years later. <laughs> Cam, the Green Mile is on here at 24. Yeah, and it's like, it's I I kind of prefer that secretly more than... Shawshank, Shawshank, but at the same time, it does kind of have a lot of familiar, you know, fantasy overtones when it gets into the second half where you're like, that's kind of a little too neat of, in, of an ending and pretty of a messed up ending. <laughs> okay, so A New Hope I see is actually at number 28. So it's, it's, it's pretty high up. Although I, I, I actually, and not from my own, because you know, I really haven't watched much of Star Wars in the last 15 years probably. But I, I do. I think it's just its impact. I think it's probably should be a top ten of an IMDb 250. Just, just I really like am what, surprised it's not up there higher. I don't yeah, know right? if there's just that many people who are just sick of fantasy and superhero stuff, or if it was at, at the top ten at one point and then it just slowly kept sinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know either. Like the Great Escape. Can you name any grandparent who hasn't said, I watched it all the time on TV? It's at 159. And I'm like, 
I've seen that movie literally on just about every channel. PBS was airing yes. it one weekend. Oh I'm sure. From the time Money I was Python's little. on here, the Holy Grail. I'm like, oh, baby. <laughs> why, why is this on here? But Life of Brian isn't. Mm. Well, <laughs> Holy <touchy>. Grail is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Holy Grail is definitely the more... Uh, I don't know if it's the more acceptable Life of Brian so irreverent. <laughs> it's just, I guess everyone's <laughs> able to look past it because there's just so many layers to the comedy. So, you know, at one point you're making fun of the peasants and, you know, the elites. Yeah. <laughs> and the next moment you're making fun of, again, yeah, the I am Arthur. Blessed, but... blessed are the cheesemakers. <laughs> cheesemakers? Who are the cheesemakers? Blessed are the cheesemakers. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with the coconuts? <laughs> Uh, oh my god yeah I, I was a python raised kid um oh god i had good parents uh now <laughs> what, what's your take on right. z i'm glad god. to see costa scabras uh be represented here but i'm really am glad that someone's seen it in some capacity i don't think i've seen it so i can't even tell you what number is it it's 159 and i'm mm. really uh, I could have sworn the Battle of Algiers was also on here at one point or another, but I can't find it. So, <sighs> hmm. ooh, and here's another one that's a little surprising to me. How, and I mean it's still pretty high, but I would have suspected higher. I mean, <laughs> back, back, back to the Future is number forty-five, and I would have yeah that would be higher. I mean that's that's know. where I was really pleased about the list. They didn't go overboard with sequels like that. And you're like, just mm -hmm. stick with the original. Mm -hmm. It was wrapped up. It was perfect. You know, the others you can like them or hate them, but they were just filling. You know, and this was the substance. That <laughs> now, unfortunately, I have seen it many times. So it, I've seen it one too many times to where it doesn't really affect me anymore. But I'm not mm -hmm. going to deny that it is a very pop culture significant movie. You know. Yeah. And, and it, the last time I tried watching it, I don't even think I finished it. So. It was one of those where there are way too many commercials during every other airing of it. To, you know, it's like ABC Family and TNT would show it out the wazoo. I'm like, what? <laughs> Here's an interesting thing, and we're going to be discussing this, I, I think, tomorrow. The Departed's pretty high up. For you know, yeah, and Infernal Affairs isn't on here at all. <laughs> yeah, which you know, we'll I'm really surprised that there's not more Hong Kong stuff on here because they do have some great set designs and shots, and you would think some of them would be on here, like at least Hard Boiled by John Woo. And I would, I would expect to see some, you know, something maybe like Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee. I am really surprised. I swear it was also on here at least as far back as 06, and it's not on here. I'm like, yeah. and, and don't he's get me still wrong. popular. He's still popular. That's, that's well, yeah. And popular. at least Chinese Connection or something, can that replace mm. Gone with the Wind? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and, and you know, uh, and this is, we're just going from movie to movie, but uh, I'm seeing what, Casablanca is what, number. 50? I would think Casablanca must have been top 10. And final top 250 is the general, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, wow. No, Buster Keaton. What the fuck, Cam? Why, <laughs> why are you getting the physical comedians mixed up? No. Hello. But it's like, Buster <laughs> Keaton's the general. I mean, out of all the 20s movies, that's definitely the most engaging one I've seen. <laughs> that, 
that might be damning it with faint praise, but you know, <laughs> I sometimes have a little bit of a rough time with. Oh no, twenties and silent movies are not an easy go around. I mean, I was more of the Laurel and Hardy group, where mm. I at least you were getting the punchline after seeing the gag, so that I instantly took to stuff like that, you know, being raised hey, on. Hey. That. <laughs> I mean, Hamilton is here at number fifty-three. Yeah, and I mean, it really is a good musical, but there were some brief moments where I'm like, yeah, they're they're doing a good job of trying to make it look theatrical, but I'm still seeing parts of the stage I shouldn't shouldn't see. <laughs> but it's a good musical, so it's it, like, hmm, well. it's a good musical, but is it a movie yet? <laughs> yeah, especially when it's. And, well, and number fifty-three, and not to be a jerk, but I, I think anything made directly for streaming, you know, that still technically counts as like made-for-TV directed video. So I'm like, yeah, there's there's good ones. Don't get me wrong, Deadwood the movie is a great western. I'm not gonna put it in the top two. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love plenty of other movie spinoffs of popular shows like Twenty Four, Star Trek, and. Babylon 5, but some of those are unfortunately just extended TV episodes, so I'm not, again, they don't belong on there as awesome as they are. Now, now I I guess maybe to really wrap this up, how about I tempt you with this? Does Orson Welles' The Third Man belong on there? Or does well, Touch of Evil? I'm going to tell you Touch of Evil. But I, think, touch, I think Touch of Evil is Orson Welles' best movie. I could have sworn it was on here. And it's not on here. That's the uh, I mean, <laughs> and, and the third man's not. He, I mean, maybe he directed a lot of it. Maybe oh well, there. maybe I can replace uh, the Dark Knight with Touch of Evil. I I, I do that in a second. I, I, I mean, it would not exist. I'd frankly, <laughs> I frankly, I, I I'd replace Shawshank Redemption with the original, unseen by anyone probably alive at this point, Magnificent Ambersons, <laughs> which they're still searching Ooh. for in Brazil as we speak. And if they find that, I think we'll have to uh, rethink everything about film. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling that will be Orson Welles' best movie. There I mean, it, it already is. I, uh, do you like Mag Magnificent Ambersons? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, the laughter. Did I see that one? Oh, you might not have seen it. Okay. I thought I saw it. Did I see it? Did I? Did I? Did I? Check it out. I mean, it, unfortunately, they, they mutilated it. Orson Welles was doing some other things and probably not paying attention. Ooh. So uh, watch it. I don't have too yeah. great a rating. <laughs> yeah, you should, I would definitely I'm check tripping. it out. Like <laughs> I, the, the first thirty minutes, and it's only ninety minutes, so they they did chop this thing up. But uh, the first 30 minutes, incredible. I, I would say it's the most beautiful film, at least that, that initial first 30 minutes. Uh, that and Barry Lyndon, perhaps, to, to me, as far as Ooh. just the, the, the photography. It's just gorgeous. Lyndon uh, is beautiful to look at. Uh, could <sighs> I put in... It's not a Kubrick film. Kubrick-inspired. Mm -hmm. means... I mean, Tartowski's Stalker's on here. I'm really surprised Sol the original Solaris isn't on here as well. That That is surprising. Now, I was Definitely mistaken. Surprising. Life of Brian is on here at 229. So. It's hardly on there. 
that's just you know if you're if you're number two twenty nine, you're hardly on the team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Life of Brian should not be too. There are not two hundred twenty eight movies that should be ahead of Life of Brian. That <laughs> you cannot you cannot name these films. I mean, they're here, but like we can go through them and throw out most of them. Discard most. Discard. So Paris you Texas know, is on here. Can I replace that with a few good men? Yes. yes. <laughs> I saw Paris, Texas, and I, the acting and directing was fine. It did not stick with me as much as I love Harry Dean Stanton, <laughs> the hard ass that he is. As much uh, as I love Sam Shepard yeah. as a writer, director, and an actor. I just... <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> and I would like to make a. Uh, I'd like to raise the ranking for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Which is number eighty-eight. I I think it deserves that. But I think it's that might definitely be well carried by uh, Winslet and Carrie, and just I, I, I very unseen performances. It's like you've never seen him like this before. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm that I, I I think it's the best movie of uh, the aughts. And maybe the best movie of the century. Even 107's The Sting and 110's To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm really surprised at where they're ranked there. Mm. Well, yeah, Mockingbird especially because Sting, I could see like Sting is already Sting won Best Picture, but it's kind of lost its luster among you know anyone who's probably not of that age like, I don't know how many people are watching the Sting uh, anew today it helped you know that what I, I mean it when I was a teen so I fell in yeah with exactly <laughs> I saw it too when I was young and I, and I liked it but I, I have a feeling you don't have many people under the age of 30 who even heard of it unless they've gone through a list and see, oh, this or they've seen of it but they never cared to watch it because I don't know that they're, you got the mentality I've seen people even people in their 40s who don't want to see anything that's in black and white Yes, oh, oh, I've people like that who do the whole subtitles, black and white argument. Then I'm seeing other people, they don't want to see anything that's like older than like 1975. And I'm like, are you for real? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to watch black and white. Some of the best movies <laughs> of all time are black and white. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and, I take know. any kind of movie. I mean, North by Northwest and Lawrence of Arabia, I would put as number one on here, period. But I also know there's plenty who just find Arabia boring for whatever reason. And I don't know, they haven't seen North by Northwest, even though it's like the king of the spy movies. <laughs> and that that would be surprising how many people haven't seen Because Hitchcock yeah. is still pretty, fairly popular. Oh, totally. I would I would make one more suggestion. I, you know, I know you probably want to move on to the IMDb, but I would switch... I would change Scarface, 1983, which is a bloated uh, movie that doesn't <laughs> do a, a whole cocaine lot for movie. Me. It's a party movie, but it's definitely it's not top movie. 250. And I'm replacing it with the original Scarface, which uh, is yeah. a fantastic uh, movie. There you go. Scarface, 1932. <laughs> and have I noticed, is M on here? From M is on here, yeah. I forgot okay. what place, but I saw it on here. I was glad it, to see Da's boot on here, but I was also right. disappointed that there wasn't any Red October or Crimson Tide. Oh, oh, I got <laughs> submarine <laughs> movies, baby. Yeah, but I gotta tell you, 
when yeah. I was at the theater, there's one more story from the movie theater. This is a good one. I used to have some fun with the customers because if we had a movie playing on two different screens, it would say A and B. So we had like Crimson Tide, I think was the movie that came out. It was one of the Tom Clancy movies. And it was Crimson Tide A and Crimson Tide B. So I asked, what's the difference between what's the difference between A and B? I said, oh, in A, Russia blows up, and in B, America blows up. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I would always the same thing with Pulp Fiction. Like, the right what's people the difference? got it, and there were other people who were like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What? Can't be saying shit like that. <laughs> we had Pulp Fiction, up, Bruce Willis. <laughs> it was like Pulp Fiction on one said Bruce Willis, and Pulp Fiction B said John Travolta. So like, what's the difference? I was like, well, some people prefer the Bruce Willis version, and some prefer the John Travolta one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had some oh, fun man. at the time. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, So Shutter Island is on here. I'm oh, Shutter Island. Yeah. Shutter Island. Shitty Island. What a garbage movie. I'm oh, going to replace even... that with one of Matt Flanagan's, Mike Flanagan's movies. Oh, my God. How about you Doctor Strange? A... Not Doctor you... Strange, Doctor Sleep. What the fuck, Cam? You know what? I'm going to even like, I think Oculus is his best. Oh, I, I'll, I'll back you on that. I, was, I saw that in the theater, and I was a fan for life. I'm like, this yes. guy is going to go somewhere. This guy's incredible, right? The best hey. horror director working today. He Mike understands Flanagan. psychology. He understands oh. to grip oh. you. And he understands just... And he understands giving you an ending. An ending that's not a Hollywood ending. It's and like, even if you see it, you, you want to go back and watch it, you're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. It's just like, because anyone else that. would just do a Final Destination cheap trick kind of thing. And it's like, Absolutely. no, that doesn't work after a while. It won't hold up. And he... He he does make me want to rewatch his movies because I'm like, oh, absolutely. yes, he's he's incredible. Yeah, no, no, I, I am a big Mike Flanagan fan. I think he's the best working horror director today, one of the best of all time, based on his output already. He clearly loves movies, and oh. he also knows how to do it without just seeming like he's doing homages to other things or just becoming the sequel guy who's got to attach himself to a Halloween or Star Wars type sequel. You know, it's like and, no need. That sequel he did was, was uh, for that one movie. He didn't do the original. Was it Conjuring? What was it? Conjuring Two? He did. He did a uh, oh, 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 oh! I know the and one. It, you know, and and it was really good. And it was it was uh, know, not formulaic as none of his. his Ouija. That's never, what it was. Yes, Ouija Two. It was, yeah, it was not like formulaic. so much better than Ouija One. And I'm exactly. Like, it was, it was like to... oh my god, Mike Flanagan adds his touch to it, and his endings deliver. And they're they're not you know it's not going to give you a happy ending. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Totally. Oh yeah, yeah no. Mike Flanagan. Yeah, yeah. Oculus should be on. He he should be on the list for like probably three or four of his movies. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm with you. One hundred percent. I guess to wrap this up. So, what would you replace Return of the Jedi with? What other epic, oh. far more epic movie? Hmm. Because people go, oh, it's my favorite of the saga now. I'm like, I'm not going to lie. It's got some great action. And I saw it and Attack of the Clones more times than I should have seen. And, But it, it's not as clever, in my opinion, or no. as grim as Empire. Like, the first hour, I don't think you need that at all. I would have much rather a scroll of them saying, and they've saved Han Solo from the pit of Jabba. You know, it's like... <laughs> I don't you, you take out those first 20 minutes, it really it speeds up the movie 
to the yes, main plot, no, which is sure, three different sure. battles going on all at once. Don't get me wrong. It's epic. Star Wars in general is epic. But at the same time, it's a little formulaic. And the Care Bears do feel like they're in a different movie, not Star Wars. Oh, God. Yes. I know oh, they're Ewoks, you fanboys. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just off 500 people um, oh my god when star trek came out i would nanny nanny people and they're like no it's <laughs> and see they would have accepted <laughs> they got so upset guys are, well some of them are pretty stuck up but i think they a get, lot of things are way more calm nowadays and back, okay, just, oh, a lot of guys cop. are like no like nanny nanny <laughs> Uh, I was really such a wise head that cashier in a movie theater. I did plenty of spoofing of both, but yeah. <laughs> I think the tracks have come around when the well, minute they realize how big a ego Shatner has. So they're, they're cool. I've never had a bad issue with any of them. Nah, 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 nah. Star Wars fans. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, I actually happen to be a pro wrestler. Oh, so nice. You got to wrestle all the Star Wars fans at the dark show. <laughs> Shove that saber so far up your ass. <laughs> who's, got the, who's got the geekier fans? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Whose fans are living in their parents' basement? Those Star Wars fans, the way they react, uh, totally. Some of the diversifying in the cast. That's like, come on. Come Give on. It a, you know, yeah, yeah, that was really, that, that did not speak well. Oh, so I think I was mistaken. LA Confidential is on here and on, okay. on here. Somehow right. Grinch is up higher than it, but whatever. Mm. Um, now, here's a controversial thing, and hopefully this is the final thing I do. I'm going to replace Guy Ritchie's Lock, Stock, and Snatch with two of Tarantino's movies from Dust Till Dawn and True Romance. Boom. Cool, cool. <laughs> I can never get into Guy Ritchie. For me, no, I, was, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. He was doing, I was just always remind. I, I just never understood how out of all the copycats of Tarantino, and yes, I get that Tarantino in himself is a copycat, but that's the, that's the joke. You know, that's a, that's so a trap, too. It's like, you know, the, the worst criticism of Tarantino I think I've ever heard is when Jackie Brown, which I think is a wonderful movie. A great movie. Wonderful. A great movie. It's like, dude, as he didn't, pure he didn't, and probably he, even more. He didn't, he didn't write that. He didn't write that. No. That's not a Tarantino original. Uh, so it's like, do you hold every director to that standard? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah people act like anything is lesser or not as good when someone steps outside of their department it's I, just like well please. i see a lot of people quoting true romance and tony scott did one hell of a job adapting that tarantino thing because he's that, not all that different one, in terms of the one scene in true romance which is such a politically incorrect scene and you know exactly which i'm referring to already even better that, we gotta have politically incorrect movies on like here. that uh, that that <laughs> scene is extraordinary oh uh, christopher walken oh my god he won a hell oh. of a speech and oh acting Lord. alongside dennis hopper who's it, that, that's, very interested role that is one of the greatest scenes in film history in my opinion which you know take it totally. for what it is 
but it, yeah, yeah, that's just unbelievable work. Like, totally. But you know, uh, yeah, I, I really like that uh, placement of true romance. That's not something I was thinking of. From dusk till dawn, I'm not as big on. Okay. You know, but I, but I am big on replacing Guy Ritchie with Quentin Tarantino. So. <laughs> I mean, Dark Saints, I could have sworn was a big hit, but for whatever reason, a lot of people kind of stopped liking it when they found out that the main filmmaker was just such a dick. So I guess. Yeah, it's an, it's another thing too. You guess. But it's another one. Art from artists. You know, it's like, well, okay, that's it. Roman Roman Polanski. You know. <laughs> it is a that's a good contrast, and I mean, I'm sure I'm sure if this was a different time, his most latest movie that won all the French Oscars would probably be on here somewhere. Like, there's this movie I haven't even heard of that's like from Spain or some shit called Claws. It's a Santa Claus animation. Never even heard of it. And I'm like, uh. Can I replace that with Rebel Without a Cause? Because <laughs> I've never even heard of this. I will likely never see it. And I can already tell you, I have, I, I, I highly, I, I'm sorry. Cartoons don't speak to me as much. If I'm going to put on any cartoon movie or maybe just kind of kid-friendly movie, put on the first Muppet movie or something, you know, just mm. put, Put a general crowd pleaser that, I don't know, really takes you to the imagination land as opposed to that was really cool CGI animation, you know, that I won't Yeah, remember. I can't really think of a cartoon movie <laughs> that I would have on There's plenty list. of Pixar and DreamWorks here, but yeah, for a general... As far like, as series go, though, uh, The Simpsons to me, early Simpsons, was, was oh, that's the best a good thing on television at the time, yeah. It's definitely on there. And the, the Simpsons movie is pretty good, too, although it's not nearly as good as the classic seasons of The Simpsons from, like, 94 <laughs> through 98 or 99. You know, those are just, oh, God. Right. Cutting edge <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Edge. Oh, hell. So Hacksaw Ridge is on here. Where does that rank for you as a war movie? Because I don't remember yeah, any. Cam, I don't, think I, I don't think I've seen it. If I saw it, it doesn't say a lot for it, but I might not have seen it. <laughs> Starring Hugo Weaving, Sam Worthington, Teresa yes. Paul, I don't think I saw it. Has been Spider Man, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, no, I couldn't get into it at all. I was just like, I've seen every kind of trying to storm, uh, you know, this area. <laughs> And for World War II, I definitely don't remember anything about it. I would be mm. more likely to remember the Korean War movie Porkchop Hill before I remember this one. And I'm going to replace it with Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. <laughs> that was <laughs> you need more comedy to go around. For what it could have been far more edgier, but I've seen it probably over 20 times and I have no regrets. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails You. Warning, may cause atrophy. 
African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin cough, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema Psyops is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of here. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies with a one last plot holes a gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Steve and Izzy at eilfm.podbean.com Welcome to Who Was She podcast. I'm your host, Tara Jabari. After a decade working in documentaries, marketing, and all things digital media, I found that podcasting is a strong medium to share stories. After years of producing for others, I decided to start my own biographical podcast. Who Was She? will focus on the life of a woman throughout Baha'i history. The first season is about Lydia Zeminoff. Lydia's story explores the subjects of the power of language and faith. Her father invented the universal language Esperanto and she came from a Jewish family and became a Baha'i. She grew up during World War I and was killed during World War II in a concentration camp, despite heroic efforts to save her life. 
How can one person's life intersect with so many others, connect across borders, and inspire a biography which inspired this podcast? Over the next few weeks, I will share her story with you and the lives that were most affected by her and those who affected her life as well. They include her father, Ludwig Semenov, her spiritual mother, American journalist Martha Root, and the Baha'i German soldier Fritz Mako, who worked for the resistance undercover while having to serve the Nazi party. I want to thank the author Wendy Heller and George Ronald Publishing for their blessing to let me use Heller's biography, Lydia, The Life of Lydia Zemanoff, Daughter of Esperanto, as a main and instrumental resource for this podcast. So please subscribe and learn about this amazing woman who traveled through three continents in an effort to bring unity through the power of language. You can also find more information on our Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Who Was She Podcast. Music was composed and performed by Sam Red. I am your host, Tara Jabari. Join us next time as we begin our journey about Lydia Zemanoff. Are you sick of the same old stale podcast? Well, then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. (laughs) And still, they just might be a little contagious. Hi there. It's Heather from the Watching Netflix Without You podcast. Did you know that there are over 1,200 Netflix original feature films and documentaries? And that number is only growing. So I've made it my mission to watch as many as I possibly can. Then, with a delightful guest or guests, disclaimer, more often than not my brother Ryan, we spend an episode rating, reviewing, and discussing a film at length. The first half of every episode is spoiler-free for those who haven't seen it yet. And in the second half, after a very clear spoiler warning, we dive into it. And that's really about it. You can listen to Watching Netflix Without You on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We now continue with our program. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.